We are in the next section, which is the fourth condition of keeping the faith. This is chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. If you walk in the light or claim to walk in the light, then you must walk as Christ did. You must be in the faith. This is the idea of persevering, continuous walking. Not just you walked for a couple weeks and then you were good, but that this is the walking is a participle that communicates continuous action. And we talked about in the last section that one of the, the, the mark of a true believer is perseverance. And so this is keep the faith. In this section, John develops the fourth condition that those who walk in the light with Yahweh keep the faith. John now warns against those false teachers who come from the world's thinking and seek to lead the people of Yahweh out of the light and fellowship of Yahweh into the darkness. The two categories here are those who are antichrist and those who follow Christ. Chapter 2, verse 18. Children, remember this is children referring to the entire fellowship of believers, young and old. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have appeared. We know from this that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. Because if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But they went out from us to demonstrate that, of, that all of them do not belong to us. So John begins by writing, it is the last hour. This is John's way of saying the last days. And the last days is used all throughout the Second Testament to refer to everything between the first and second coming of Jesus Christ. It is not literally the last days, as in we only have a few more days left, because if that were true, then John would be wrong, because it's been a couple thousand years since then. So it refers to the last days of God has fully and completely revealed himself to us in his son. And there is no new revelation to us. So in that sense, we have everything that we need for the last days. Everything between now and the final and second coming of Jesus Christ. He is saying we are in that now. And you can expect that just as the revelation has reached its fullest... And Christ has become made, um, Christ has reached its fullness in us and in the world. The Holy Spirit is dwelling among us. We have everything that we need now. The revelation is final. So also, Satan is going to amp up his attack. And there is going to be more and more conflict. There's going to be more and more opposition against us. He says, as the last hour, and that we've heard that the Antichrist is coming. John says, you heard that a Antichrist is coming. And though that may be true, what John is really concerned about is that the many Antichrists that have already come. For him, he's not interested in some abstract potential future Antichrist that is not affecting us or is not here on the stage. What he's concerned with are the ones that are here right now. The ones are already teaching. The ones are already leading people astray. The ones are already beginning to make you question your salvation or whether you heard the faith correctly or not and that kind of stuff. And that's what John is concerned with. And so he says, now there have been many antichrists that have appeared. And we know this. We can recognize an antichrist within the church. Now, there are antichrists outside the church and there are antichrists inside the church. 
And we need to define what an antichrist is. An antichrist is basically anybody who stands in the place of Christ and offers an alternative path to God or salvation. We often think of antichrist as in like someone who is completely different than Jesus, like the white hat and the black hat in a cowboy movie and they have nothing in common. And they're, 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 they're against each other and opposing each other. And in that sense, it becomes totally obvious to us that this is not of God because they look and act and speak in completely different ways. But that's not the way the Bible uses anti. Anti is um, meaning that they claim to be a Christ. They stand in the place of Christ. They say, I am a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. Or they might actually even say, I am the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, the fulfillment of that. And for many of us, that would automatically be a red flag. That That's not it. But then again, there's many people who say, well, he is coming back a second time. Why wouldn't you be it if you're doing amazing things, so to speak? And so this is someone who says, I am Christ, or I speak on Christ's behalf, or I'm a leader in the church. But they speak, and what they say does not align with the Word of God. It contradicts the message of Christ. And, and, and specifically, they will twist one of two things. They will deny some aspect of the humanity of Christ, or they'll deny some aspect of the deity of Christ. And we've talked about that, because the minute you get rid of one of those, or um, water down one of those, you immediately no longer have a true Christ that can save you. And that's how Satan will specifically attack us. And depending on the person, some people will sound really crazy. And to the people who are in the faith and know the word of God really well, it'll be so obvious. And the others, they will be so slick and so clever. And their wording will be so on the edge of what is biblical and what is not. And they will, and Christ says, if it were possible, they would even be able to deceive the elect. Those who are chosen, those who are in Christ. They will be that good with their speaking and with their clever philosophies and their way of twisting the scripture. And so what John is saying is that is the Antichrist. Those are the ones. So someone like Oprah, who becomes very obvious, and I only pick on her because she is the most popular public persona ever. I mean, she is the highest rating daytime television show in the history of American television, and she has influenced the culture and people more than any other single religious leader ever really pretty pretty much has in modern-day America, in modern-day America. And Oprah basically says, I am a Christian. I I grew up in the Baptist church. I am a Christian. But I have come to understand Christianity for the way that it was really meant to be understood. And that is, we are all Christ. That Christ came to teach us his a secret teaching, a higher path. But he now has made that known and not secretive to all people. And now is available to all people. And if we embrace that secret teaching, we can awaken the Christ, the Godhood in us. And that we too can become Christ and we can enlighten and evolve ourselves into a higher God-like being. In that sense, she is claiming to be a Christian and offering an alternate path that is completely opposed to the Bible. And very obvious to those who follow the scripture. But then there's people within the church who, who, who are pastors or just teaching something slightly off or whatever. And they're teaching that... 
sanctification is not necessary uh, for your journey or that or that you need to also do this in addition to salvation or that only I have a correct understanding of what Christ had to say. And this is what John is warning against. This is what John is warning against. To these specifically in the church, he says one of the ways that you know whether they're in the ch- they were with us to begin with is whether they remain. And then he gives this very like circular, like proverbial looping kind of an idea. We know that this is the last hour. Because in the last hour, many people will start walking away from the faith and they will take many people with them. And we know this because they, and he's specifically speaking to the Antichrist, they're in the congregation. Those are in the fellowship of believers. We know this because they went out from us. They left us. They did not remain in the faith. They did not stay committed. They did not remain in the truth of who Christ is as God and human. Eventually, over time, they begin to deny that. Maybe at first they embraced it, but for whatever reason, they never believed it to begin with, but they just said it because that would convince you, and then eventually they began to sway and move away from that when they became more and more confident of their followers. Or maybe they were convinced of it in the beginning, but as new ideas and philosophies began to become into the world and they began to listen to them, they began to re-question it. They began to evolve it and they began to begin think that they were enlightened or, or they've moved beyond the elementary teachings of Christianity of this God-man and they've moved to a higher plane of understanding and they want you to come with them. But either way, they have moved away from the truth. They have walked away from it. They have stepped away from it. And the second thing for John, and, and I know he's not saying all this right now, but this is all being said in the context of the greater book. And the greater book, he's mentioning truth and love. Truth and love. If they're walking away, they're walking away from the truth. That is implied by the context of the book. And they're walking away from love. That they haven't stuck it out with you in the community. And they're not still there with you, loving you and taking care of you and providing for you and walking through life with you and helping you struggle. Instead, that's below them. They don't have enough time for that. They've got more important things to do and they've moved on to other things. And so they have left. They have walked away from us and true community and fellowship because if they had really belonged to us, they would have, um, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us because if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. They would have persevered. And, and, and John's not denying the fact that this is a hard walk. He's not denying this. Remember, John is also the author of Revelation. And in Revelation, there are seven letters to the seven churches where Christ is writing through John and making it very clear the walking the faith is not easy. The persecution, the suffering the doubts. John in here at the end will say, I write this to assure you of your salvation, meaning that you need assurance. And he never condemns them and says, why are you not assured? Why do you have doubts? You should never have doubts. He never says that. He's writing to assure them as a father writing to his children is comforting them. And so he's never, he's not denying the difficulty of the walk. He's not saying it will be easy, but what he's saying is if they really did belong to us, despite the difficulty, despite the suffering, despite the persecution, despite the doubt, they would have kept walking and remained among us. They would have not departed because the Spirit is in them. And he's not talking about the people who temporarily go away for a while and have some questions and doubts and that kind of stuff, but eventually they like 
find their roots again and come back to Christ and reinvolve themselves in the church. He's not talking about that. He's talking about people who are blatantly saying, I'm not only not going to believe this anymore, but I'm going to teach an alternate path and that they remain off that path forever. They stay off of that forever. But they went out from us in order to demonstrate that all of them do not belong to us. They did this to prove to us that they didn't belong to us. Now, John's not saying they were thinking in their mind, I'm going to prove to you that I don't belong to you by leaving. He's not thinking that. He's just saying that God is using this to demonstrate to you that they're not ever among us. And you might be really tempted to follow them, right? Some of us, we all have loved ones that we know that have followed some new age teaching mixed with Christianity or they, they, they've bought into the atheistic thing or, or something. And we all know somebody like that. We all know these people in our lives, or we've, we've listened to some teachings from people, probably in the early days of like people like Rob Bell, if you're familiar with them, or Joel Osteen, or even some other people, and maybe lesser known people. Some people might have been like, that sounds really good. And at first they were pretty clever, and at first they weren't really as blatantly obvious. And, and we, we were tempted to follow them. We were tempted to leave with them and go with them. And, and, but ultimately, as you watch them, they don't involve themselves in the community anymore. They have no time for fellowship. They have no time for community. They have no time for serving people. They have no time for walking and suffering with people. All these people, all these people eventually become elitist and gated communities, so to speak, with these completely detached lives from the everyday normal people as they live in these houses and, and go on these vacations and do these things and have these staffs that just isolate them and separate them from us all the more. And then they start saying, and then eventually they become very clear that they're not among us because they start saying things like, what? People don't live like that. And they start saying things or making comments about people and life. Uh, that that no that the, the everyday normal person cannot relate to that. The everyday normal person doesn't not does not live like that. Uh, one of the clearest examples I think that really came out um, is when all the celebrities were whining about how miserable their life was like ours because of government shutdown, and 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 we're suffering like you. And we can't go out. And meanwhile, like as they're selfing themselves and, and posting on social media. With all their followers, I don't have that many followers. And in the meanwhile, that like their own private tennis court is behind them, and their own private swimming pool is behind them, and, and they they go down the basement and they have a bowling alley there and their own movie theater, and there's these people attending to them and all, and they're talking about how their suffering is like no 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 no. There are so many people who have lost their jobs because of government shutdown. There are so many people who don't know whether they're going to be able to pay the bills or not. Suicide rates of quadrupled practically during this time period. Depression, everything. You do not know what it's like to really go through this because you're so detached. And now you think that being without your yacht is true suffering and what the everyday normal person is going through. And that's kind of the idea. And I know that's an extreme example, but that's the idea. And we hear this from our politicians too when they make comments like, um, we're just going to get rid of all gas stoves, right? Everybody just go buy new gas stoves. And you're like, do you realize what that will cost most people in America to readjust their life 
I mean, you guys know just to get a, a, a plumber out, and I know it's gas, but um, it's like what over a hundred bucks just to have them come out and visit you. So, you you obviously don't get what it's like to be an everyday normal person, and that's what John is saying. That's what John is saying. That they left us. It doesn't mean that they just left the church and went somewhere else, but they're still pen pals with you. It means that they're completely disconnected and cannot relate to anything that you're going through in any kind of a way because they have sold out for luxury. They have sold out for elitism. They have sold out for fame. And that's what they're feeding off. And that's what John is talking about in this context. And therefore, they demonstrate that they never belonged to us by the fact that they left us. And now, give it enough time, you're starting to figure it out as you realize how disconnected they are from your life and how to of touch with reality they are. And at first, they didn't sound like that because they did come from us. They grew up in your neighborhood with you. They grew up in your church with you. They were working with you side by side. But eventually, they moved on. And, and they're just out of touch now. And this is the point that John is making. This is how you can know whether they truly belong or not. Do they always and keep aligning with the truth of the gospel? And do they always stay with us in our community attached and understanding what it's like to be one of us and to live the faith out in the world? That's the question. That's the real question. And this is how you can know them. This is how you know them. Verse 20, Nevertheless, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you all know that I have not written to you that you do not know the truth, but that you do know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is so? So John says, but not true with us. Not so with you. One of the things that I can assure you that you do know God, that assures that you are persevering, is that you know what it's like to still walk this life. You may have doubts. You may be struggling with all the newest philosophies that are coming out or a new teaching that's coming out. Um, somebody who started off as incredibly faithful to the Word of God, but now they have slowly gone off track and, and they're swaying off track is just slightly enough that you're not, you're trying to figure out, okay, where they are. Okay, I, there have been people in my life, there are teachers that I have followed and stuff, and, and somewhere I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound right. And of course, there's always the people who are like, oh, I'm committed to them no matter what to the very end, and they follow them way off into this abnormal New Age movement. And then there's always the people who, like, the minute they say, like, one little thing wrong, it's like, heretic, and they condemn them. And I don't want to be in any one of those extremes. I don't want to just walk away from I mean, I, probably, I know I said things are just not quite right, and it's like, I don't want everybody abandoning me just because I didn't have the fullest understanding or misspoke or something like that or needed a deeper understanding, but my heart was in the right place. And, and if you corrected me, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. And I see the errors in my way and come back. There's that place where they're right there in that swaying away or drifting away is the, what the author of Hebrews says. And you're just wondering like, okay, this is getting hard now. This is getting hard now to figure out where they are. And, and so... But then eventually they go. And what John is saying is, but not true with you. Because with you, 
even though it's been hard at times and you've had doubts, you kept going back to the Word of God. You, you kept researching, you kept pursuing, you kept listening, and you kept questioning whether they were saying. And you went to other people, because that's, uh, John's not saying this, but I'll say this. The mark of a believer, too, is not just being one person filling your head and nobody else. Okay? Now, granted, if you only have a few people, that's okay. Um, but not this idea that you are my idol and everything you say is like gold. You, you, but you kept struggling. And not so with you. Yeah, there were sometimes there were people in the church you're like, I don't know if I can be with you anymore. You're so annoying. <laughs> or, or this is getting really difficult um, to, they, to keep doing this with you and, and to keep being there for you when you're struggling and you're suffering. Uh, and not only that, like this is getting hard for me as I'm suffering and as I'm struggling. And there's so many times I just want to throw in the towel. We both can relate to that, where we're doubting and we're struggling on an intellectual level with the truth. At the same time, we're also suffering and we're going through persecution or people are challenging and difficult. And we're just like, or the times in the middle where you don't even know if you're hearing God anymore and you want to throw the talent. And he says, but ultimately not so with you. You didn't throw the talent. Maybe sometimes you just decide to pass out and give up for a while. Maybe sometimes you decide that it would just be easier to comfort yourself and medicate yourself and just kind of go into a, a, a euphoria state. But that didn't last long because something in you, like the Spirit, kept pulling you and urging you to go back to the God and get back into things. And so not so with us because we are the Spirit. And the Spirit doesn't let His people walk away permanently. The Spirit does not let His people walk away permanently. I'm writing to you because you're still in the church and you're still reading my letters. And that says something. You know the truth. You know the truth. And the fact that all of you are here or all those people are listening on the audio is evidence that something is in you drawing. Either the Spirit is in you with all of your doubts and with all your struggles and wanting to throw the talent, yet the Spirit keeps drawing you to teachings to better understand the Word of God. Or you've never had the Spirit and you have accepted Christ, yet the Spirit is working and you're listening, you're responding, and it's drawing you to that first initial relationship. And it doesn't mean that everything that you believe and everything that you're going through is completely right and you're perfect and you have no sin and there's no... And everything that you believe is 100% biblically accurate. But it doesn't mean that you have not walked away. The Spirit still draws you to the Word of God and to know Him better and to know how you can know Him better. There is no lie in the truth. There is no lie in the truth. And the true believer will always dig down to the truth. The true believer will always dig down to the truth. It might take a while. There are some things, I mean, I've been teaching the Word of God for over 25 years, and there are still some things I'm still trying to figure out. But I'm still trying to figure it out. 